0: Hello and welcome to Eden Exchanges, the Franchise Business Journey podcast by Eden Exchange. Today we spoke to Director and Founder Stephen Lim of Yahweh Asian Grocery, a new concept Asian grocery supply store originating from Melbourne and spreading across the city. We discussed the Asian grocery market in Victoria, Stephen's decision to franchise his business, the unique offerings of Yahweh, expanding his market, and how you can become a Yahweh franchisee. Listen to find out more.
1: Welcome everyone, my name is Raghu, I'm here with Ellen Rogers from the Eden Exchange team. Hello everyone. Today we're joined by Stephen Lim. He's the founder and director of Yahweh Asian Groceries, a unique store which is spreading across Australia and Victoria with this unique Asian franchise concept. Thanks very much for joining us today, Stephen. Thanks, Raghu. Thanks, Ellen. Thanks for having me. Firstly, Stephen, can you tell us a little bit about your background and how you came to head up Yahweh Asian Groceries?
2: Yeah, sure. Well, we started this business about nine years ago, and the the clo- location that we first started in was in Carlton, Victoria. And before before starting that, I was actually working in a corporate role at Heinz, the food company. So I was in a business yeah. planning role before I started this business. And the way it came about, it was it was purely just looking at the area of Carlton and and kind of seeing what opportunities were there for me to kind of get into a business and we found that what it was lacking was actually an Asian grocery. And speaking to a few of people living around there, they actually had to commute from Carlton to the city to be able to buy their, their Asian grocery products. So it was a purely a, kind of a demand and supply type of thing getting into it. No kind of, I guess, experience in the Asian grocery business. So it was kind of just learn on the job type of thing.
1: Excellent. And in terms of, because um, I, I know that is actually quite a big market in terms of securing mm. groceries for students as well as for other people who aren't in that area. So does that mean, you know, how did that specifically translate into the idea for for Yahweh and you know, and why do you think um, that demographic component was so important to it being formulated?
2: Yeah, the demographic obviously was it was highly popular with international students. So it was a good fit for our our product range. Even though it was popular by international students, there were, there were different students from different countries. So not just Asia, there was an Indian clientele as well. There were people from, some from Japan, Singapore, Malaysia. So it was a very diverse clientele of students around there. So yeah, getting into it, it was kind of a learning curve, trying to work out what people want in terms of products. And so it took us a good year to get the right product mix to kind of service those people in that in that area.
0: Talk more about the the service that you offer. Do you like? Were you talking about international students wanting uh, food and groceries, and you have local Indian and Japanese demographics? Do you find you're more in the business of selling familiarity to home similarities of cultures, or do you find you're more bringing? authenticity to old recipes and old cultures to Australia where other grocery market, supermarkets wouldn't do that?
2: Yeah, look, it was it's very different, I guess, to the stores that we have now compared to the one that we had in Carlton. It, it was very different. I guess the Carlton one, our clienteles are, are very familiar with our product range. So in terms of educating them on our products, they kind of knew what we what the product is. Whereas our current stores at the moment in High Point Shopping Centre and Mooney Ponds, it's a lot more giving clientele's recipes who may not be so familiar with certain products and kind of providing a service that educates them on how to use our products. So it's, it's very different. And I guess that's what we try and provide going forward is that service of showing customers how to cook certain products. And we do a bit of cooking demonstrations in the stores as well on the weekends. All
1: right, sure. Well, to take a step back, what clearly differentiates Yahweh from anything else in the market, I mean I mean, how do you go about branding it from you know just d- significantly different from other Asian grocery stores out there?
2: Look, I think in the end, when they buy something from our store compared to a different Asian grocery, essentially it's the same it's the same product. I guess where we try and differentiate from other asian groceries is first and foremost is service so we try and provide that customer service to our customers to try and educate them on how to use different products that they might not be familiar with the other thing i think we try and differentiate from our competitors is in terms of fit out we we try and create i guess a shopping experience for our customers so we've invested quite a bit in custom made shelving Terms of aisle space, we've made them a bit wider than your traditional Asian grocery. So it feels more comfortable when a customer comes into, into our stores and they, it makes them want to spend a bit more time in there. So we do highly invest into our, our fit outs. A lot of design work and build goes into it. And I think it's a very important thing for, for our brand going forward.
1: It is important because the, the fit outs look, look, look I've seen these as well. They look completely different or to, to what in your mind, you may think a typical Asian grocery store looks like, in mm. that it's it's very um, you know aesthetically pleasing to fit in with retail shops. How much thought has gone into that? Because that is a clear differentiator from anything else out there that we've seen so far. Yeah, I mean, it for that
2: first store that we had in High Point. Sorry, when I say first store, first store into a shopping center, there was a bit of a thought process whether we we do something that is your standard. Grocery store put in you know, standard shelving, or do we want to try and make it different and have a bit more impact in the industry and invest a bit more thought and also finances into to the fit out? So getting into that first shopping centre probably was about a eight month to a year planning process, just trying to go back and forth with the designer, trying to get that right right look and fit out that we want for our store. So it's it was it wasn't uh, easy. It was no no easy decision, I guess. Our Carlton store compared to our, our shopping centre stores are very different in terms of the aesthetics and looks. So it was a bit of a, it was, I guess, a risk trying to get into that realm of shopping centres and having that certain look that we want. All
0: right. Now, as a as a store owner, how, what's your typical day or week like running a Yahweh? You're, you're only running three at the moment, you've mentioned. what What's that like for you? Is it is it something that you're accustomed to? Is it something that you think that requires a certain type of person?
2: Look, I would say to start with, there was a lot, to, a lot to do, I guess, especially when I was trying to learn the day-to-day procedures on how to, it was my first business, so trying to work out the day-to-day operations of it. There was a bit of time in terms of the day trying to work those processes and procedures out. Having done that for nine years now, I think we've got good procedures in place so that I can kind of step back a bit and have my staff take control and run the day-to-day operations. So it is hard at the start. But once you get those procedures in place, it is quite a self-sustaining business.
1: All right, excellent. Now what's driven the need to, to franchise and what are your targeted areas for expansion? When we got
2: first our foot into into the shopping center industry, there was a lot of there was a lot of offers coming from various different shopping centers. I guess when when they see something is a bit different in terms of offerings to customers in that shopping center, other shopping centers are very quick to try and jump on board and, and um, get a store like that open. So, I guess what really pushed me into getting into uh, franchising this business is we've had all these different offers from so many different shopping centers. But to do that on my own, it'll take one, it'll take a lot of hours in my day to get more stores open. But also, I think from a personal perspective, I do want to keep it. A bit more of a work-life balance with my family so to open another four stores myself it'll take a lot of toll on on my personal life so I guess going forward grow this brand I, I think the best option is is to enter a franchise model
0: and are you not just focusing on Melbourne are you focusing on other cities with a high demand for your particular groceries like say Sydney and Brisbane
2: yeah, I think to start with we we definitely want to focus on Melbourne or Victoria to start with, probably for the first first year or so, but we're definitely looking to expand uh interstate and also nationally, so we'll probably break into the New South Wales or even, you know, the Queensland market. But to start with, we do want to focus on the Melbourne Victoria market at least for the first year.
1: And what type of areas are you targeting? So is this will this work best in areas that don't have an entrenched Asian community? Where, so it's for people who want to be exposed to the groceries in a different way or is there a, a different sort of method to um, how you go about targeting sites?
0: So would that be to do with being close to restaurants who would order through you or being close to residential areas?
2: Yeah, it's an interesting question because I guess when we first started at High Point, in terms of our demographics for our clients, we saw it was predominantly customers from, a, from an Asian background. But as the years gone by, we, we're slowly noticing that it's starting to shift. So a lot more Anglos are actually shopping in our store. Now, that could be with the help of, you know, TV shows like MasterChef that has pushed more of an Asian cuisine. So we are seeing a bit of a shift. It's probably more about a 60-40, uh, 60% Asian community and 40% Anglos currently shopping in our stores. So, which is a good thing because it it means that we're not locked into looking in terms of demographics for our our future stores. We don't have to just focus on the areas that are highly populated by our Asian community. We can actually go into other areas that, you know, have a bit more of a mix.
0: That might also be because there's a little translation on the products I know when I go into uh, an Asian grocery, I'm usually intimidated by the fact that most of it's not in English.
2: It does, de- it does definitely help when people can read the instructions on a packet.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's interesting because a lot of actually some of the products till this day still have, for example, a Japanese product, still have it's all in Japanese. Even for myself, I don't, I don't read Japanese. But I guess you can kind of work it out because I have little pictures as instructions so it's almost like a, a game of you know, charades trying to work out how much you need to put in and so what we try and do is for those products we actually print out English recipes so it kind of helps <laughs> translate into something that people can actually cook with.
1: Mm. It, it, it all makes perfect sense because I, I mean like my, my wife and I we've been into many stores predominantly Indian stores but we've also been into Asian stores but um, just the nature of the setup and how you know things aren't always done in that way that would fit well within a retail shop. Yeah. Well, what you've gone and done is turn that around and to have a, you know, a a very different customer experience for someone who's already in like a mainstream population hub. So I think you know, we haven't seen anything like it. So we're, we're looking forward to seeing it grow. Yeah. So so for people who, in your mind, could be good franchisees, who do you think would make for a good franchisee? Well, look, I
2: guess they don't need that experience.
1: I guess what we've
2: um, our input into this franchise business is that we're going to come in with, I guess, the knowledge of um, how to get the store set up from the planning stages all the way up until the stores open and even beyond that in terms of training and ongoing support. And so the pers- the franchisee that's looking to come on board, they don't need to have much prerequisite in terms of business experience or Asia, even Asian grocery experience. Because what we do is with the services we provide our franchisees is we take on board the stock management control, which is the key for, I guess, not just an Asian grocery, but any sort of retail business. If you've got good stock management control, you, you're maintaining your profit margins, it definitely sets you apart from those stores that don't have those procedures in place. So Look, we're just looking for someone who has that passion to be wanting to even leave a corporate job who wants to kind of have a bit more of a work-life balance and kind of want to do something and grow something, a business for themselves and, of course, for their family.
1: And those systems are there. What type of training and and support do you specifically provide new franchisees?
2: So we do a – the training goes over four weeks and what we do is two weeks prior to them – opening one of the stores, we, we do a two-week training in one of our existing stores um, so they can physically see what how the procedures and processes are done on a daily basis. And then we do another two weeks after the store has been set up and operation has commenced. We, we stay on board for another two weeks to kind of guide them through certain things that may up might come up as trade commences. But also ongoing, we're, we're constantly communicating, we'll be communicating with our franchisees because we will be managing that stock control and stock management side of things. So there'll be constant communications ongoing.
0: Okay, and what advice would you have out there for anyone who's actually thinking about coming aboard with Yahweh and owning their own franchise? Is there any particular advice that rings true throughout your whole journey?
2: I think it's just having a, a passion about what they want to do in in general and having goals in terms of why they want to get into business. I think that's a very important thing. For myself, I think my goal setting this up is obviously I wanted to have a work-life balance. When I started this, I had a three-month-old baby, so I did want to spend a lot more time with um, my children, obviously my wife as well. So I kind of said to myself, if I can get a similar salary as what I was getting as a corporate job, a nine to five job, and have that time flexibility still to kind of spend time with the family, spend time with the young ones. I think if I can achieve that, then I'm already ahead compared to working in a corporate job. So I think it's important to have a goal in sight and know what you want to get out of the business.
1: Excellent. And for what's your process? So there'll be plenty of people listening to this. So we we do encourage you head towards the the Yahweh uh, website and, and put your name down. Alternatively, there'll be a contact us box near the podcast. So put your name in and, and one of the team will be in touch to get your journey going with the company. So um, what's your process? Once someone comes in um, and they've expressed some interest with you, what, what are your next steps in introducing them to it and getting them on board? Yeah,
2: so we've also got a, f- a few offers from different shopping centres. So they have an option whether they want to, take on an existing store or if they wanted to start brand new stores for themselves so that's a discussion we go through with them in quite detail and, and kind of work out what in terms of their budget which option would
1: best fit for them okay fantastic all right then lastly what's the best thing about your, your job now I mean what's driving you to do what you do look I, I like to build stuff and, and
2: see things grow I think for me Seeing something start from from zero and and develop into something that um, I can be proud of, I think that's for me personally that's something um, I like to see and, and try and develop in the future. But also, I think what I got out of this business is definitely having that work life balance. So with um, my two kids who are at school, you know, I can still go to school camps, coach my son's basketball team, and still have that flexibility, which I, I may not have had. If I was still working in um, in the corporate world so that is definitely a, a big a big tick for, for why I started this this sort of business
1: right fantastic look it's been excellent talking to you Stephen. anyone interested we mentioned before please put your name down to find out more about this unique company in Australia because uh, we're expecting a lot from it and we'd love to have you on again soon for an update to to give us some more insight about how your expansion has been traveling Stephen
2: yeah definitely no I appreciate you having me.
0: Yeah, good. Thank you, Stephen.
1: Thank you. Very much. Thank you.
0: Eden Exchanges was brought to you by the team at Eden Exchange. In this episode, we spoke to director and founder Stephen Lim of Yahweh Asian Grocery. For more information on the Yahweh Asian Grocery franchise or any other episodes by Eden Exchanges, head to our networking website, com. Find us on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter and Instagram for recent info on the buying, selling and investing world. You can subscribe to the series on iTunes or Stitches if you're using Android. Thanks for listening.